It's a beautiful evening of divine fellowship with the people of God. Um, this evening will be a great evening. The Bible says, where two or more come together in my name, I am there in the midst. Therefore, tonight we glorify God and honor God in our midst. And as a result of our honor to God this evening, can we just individually bless the name of the Lord? Can we exalt his name tonight? Can we just give thanks to God? Give thanks to God from your space tonight, from your abode, from your location, from your from your from the point wherein you are contacting heaven tonight. Give God praise. Thank him. Thank him. Say thank you, Lord. Thank him. Thank God. Thank God for his mercies. Thank God from your space tonight. Thank him for that which he has done. Thank him for that which he will do. Thank God for the power in the word. Thank him because his word will come to you today. The Bible says he sent forth his word and his word healed. See, today there will be sending forth of the word. How does believer enjoy God's word from the spirit is by the word being sent. And how is the word sent? It's sent when the word is shared. For Romans 10, 10, 17 says, for faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. As the word heard, the word is dispersed. The Bible says the word is dispersed abroad. Amen. It's sown like a seed. The word will be sown tonight. It, it, will, be, it will be broadcast tonight. And it will, it will do you good. Can you thank God? Because God is intentional about his word to bless his people. And tonight we are surrounding the table of the Lord to be blessed. Let me give you offense this evening. Father, we thank you. Let's thank him for the power in his word. Let's thank him for the miracles in his word. Let's thank him for the, for the, for the, for the goodness in his word. Let's thank him for the encouragement. Let's thank him for defeating Satan by his word. Let's thank him because tonight we hear God's voice. We hear in our spirits. Our spirits are, in, uh, are strengthened. Our souls are refreshed. Our minds are renewed. Our bodies are strengthened. Our bodies are touched. Our bodies are healed. Yeah, our bodies respond. They respond to the voice of our spirits. Let's thank God tonight for the power in the word of God. Give him praise. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you calm every, every, every nerve. You calm every anxiety. For the Lord is the spirit. And we know you are in our midst. Therefore, there is liberty. Lord, by you tonight, we purge ourselves. Lord, by you tonight, we, we release ourselves to you. We surrender to your leadership, oh God. We give in, Lord, to your, to your word. We, Lord, we, we, we give in, Lord, to your counsel. We give in, Lord. We're able to take your word for what it is. We're able, Lord, to receive your word with meekness. We're able to receive that engrafted word that's able to save our souls. Our souls is being saved, Lord. But you see, as we stay on your word, we are being, being saved. We are saved tonight, oh God, from everything, from every onslaught, and every attack of the evil one. We are saved. We are shielded. We are protected because of your word. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, O God, in Jesus' name. Um, tonight, as we continue in our Bible study, I know as our custom is, you have your Bibles with you. You have, you, you have your quiet place with you. And then um, your void of distraction um, at this moment. Um, in the next 50 minutes um, or thereabout, we're going to be a time of close attention to the word of God. Um, this evening, as we continue in the book of Romans, I want us to, to start out as a read a few scriptures tonight um, from the gospel, um, from the gospels. Um, I just want to pick it up from there. Um, I want to trust the Lord to help us out as we dive in a little more deeper and continue from where we stopped. Um, on Tuesday in Ephesians 3. But talk with me about this tonight um, to Mark's gospel, the gospel of Mark, chapter number one. Mark one. I want to read a few things, a few scriptures there, and I will go to Mark, to Mark one, to Luke nine, and then I'll come to Mark 16, then we'll go to Ephesians tonight. Um, um, permit my meandering, but it's all for a purpose that we may understand and comprehend all the will of God. Mark chapter number one from verse 29. Hallelujah. From verse 29, we'll read through verse 45. And I read from the Amplified Classic Translation of the Bible. 
And immediately they left the synagogue and went into the house of Simon Peter and Andrew, accompanying by James and John. Now remember this scripture, um, the preceding story is about Jesus entering into the synagogue of the Jews, the people who were serving God. And as he began to preach at the beginning of his ministry, having chose those that will be with him in verse 13 and 14, and having been baptized and come out of Jordan, he began his public ministry and he began to announce the kingdom of God has come. And from the days of Jesus, the kingdom of God came to be with man. Hallelujah. And the fullness of the kingdom will manifest when Christ comes back again. But you see, the announcement of the kingdom was announced by the power of God. And Jesus gave us command to continue to announce this kingdom by power. Amen. And so he came to the synagogue and, and, and in the synagogue was a man who was attending the synagogue meetings all his life. But in this day, the, um, an evil spirit, Bible call it an unclean spirit in the synagogue, in, in the man that was there to worship, began to cry out, oh, Jesus of Nazareth, um, what have we to do with you? Have you come to torment us before our time? And Jesus Christ rebuked the spirit and caused it not to speak and cast out the spirit with authority. And the people marveled that what is this? What new doctrine is this that with authority command he even the evil spirits and they obey him and he didn't speak like the scribes but he spoke like one that has authority so jesus came to 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 showcase and and reveal to us that the day of the authority of god's kingdom has come and ever since that day the authority has not been withdrawn and won't be withdrawn until it comes back the second time and you see the coming of the spirit is to is to is to further strengthen the, the power of the kingdom that the glory of god might shine forth upon the earth hallelujah so we see jesus as a perfect example bringing to the fall the power of the kingdom so read verse 29 and went forward amen and jesus went to her that's verse 10 31 and taking her hand he raised her up and the fever left her and she began to serve them as a guest 32 now when evening came after the sun had set and the sabbath day had ended in a steady stream they were bringing to him all who were sick and those who were under the power of demons until it seemed as though the whole city had gathered together at the door. And Jesus healed many who were suffering with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, but would not allow the demons to speak because they knew him, recognizing him as the Son of God. 35, early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went out to his a place and was praying there. Simon Peter and his companions searched everywhere looking anxiously for him. 37, and they, and they found him and said, everybody is looking for you. He replied, let us go on to the neighboring towns so I may preach there also. That is why I came from the father. So he went throughout Galilee, preaching the gospel in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, begging him and falling on his knees before him, saying, if you are willing, you are able to make me clean. Moved by compassion for his suffering, Jesus reached out with his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing to be cleansed. The leprosy left him immediately and he was cleansed, completely healed and restored to health. And Jesus deeply moved, admonished him sternly and sent him away immediately saying to him, see that you tell no one anything about this, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your purification 
what Moses commanded as proof to them that you are really healed. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely among, freely and to spread the news of his healing to such an extent that Jesus could no longer openly enter a city where he was known, but stayed out in the unpopulated places, yet people were still coming to him from everywhere. Wow, praise God. People were still coming to him from everywhere. Luke chapter nine, Luke nine from verse 37. Please let's follow with our hearts tonight. On the next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. And a man from the crowd shouted for help. Teacher, I beg you to look at my son because he is my only child. And a spirit seizes him. And suddenly he cries out and it throws him into a convulsion so that he foams at the mouth. And only with great difficulty does it leave him, mauling and bruising him as it leaves. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you and put up with you? Bring your son here to me. Even while the boy was coming, the demon slammed him down and threw him into a violent convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. They were all amazed, practically overwhelmed at the evidence of the greatness of God and his majesty and his wondrous work. But while they were still awed by everything Jesus was doing, he said to his disciples, let these words sink into your ears. The son of man is going to be betrayed and handed over to men who are, who are his enemies. However, they did not understand this statement. Its meaning was kept hidden from them so that they would not grasp it. And they were afraid to ask him about it. You know, Jesus in the midst of doing these mighty works, announcing the kingdom. It means the way to announce the kingdom is by power. The way to announce the kingdom of God is by power. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, from verse 1, he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came to you not with excellency of speech, of wisdom, declaring to you the testimonies of God. I was with you in much weakness and in much trembling. And my preaching, my preaching and my teaching, my preaching and my teaching, my preaching and my teaching were not with the enticing words of man's wisdom. My preaching and my teaching were not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but with the demonstration, with the proof of the spirit and of power that the faith of men might not stand or rest on the wisdom of man or the eloquence of man or the oratory of man, but rest in the power and in the demonstrative power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Tonight, maybe lastly, but not the least, Mark's gospel, the 16th, the 16th chapter. Mark 16. Mark 16. We'll read from verse 15. Tell me about me to Mark 16. Read from verse 15. Hallelujah. Mark 16. I read from verse 15. Thank you, Lord. And he said from verse 15. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who, is, he who has believed in me and has been baptized, he who has believed in me and has been baptized will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. But he who has not believed will be condemned. Hallelujah. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they shall cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. 
They will pick up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will get well. So then, when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord was working with them and confirming the word by the signs that followed. I read all these scriptures to show us tonight the seriousness of the, of the treaties of the Apostle Paul. And what the command of the church is. You see, the church has a marching command, has a marching order. There's assignment we have that is clear enough for everyone to understand. And Jesus did not just tell us about it. He showed us by pattern. And if we are to follow the example of Jesus, this is the example. The kingdom of God cannot be declared without power. Hallelujah tonight. For these are days when the people of God must begin to rest and rely on the power of God so that the faith of men will not rest in man's eloquence, in man's oratory, but rest in the power of God. For when, when the word of God is preached, the power of God is accompanied by the Holy Spirit. And if a church is not experiencing this, then something is amiss. Hallelujah tonight. Now, in our study of the book of Ephesians, when we turn there, we're going to see a few things that cause for attention. And, and, and why did I read this scripture? Paul was writing in pain and in, and in, and in, and in, and in you know, you know, you know, like he wrote to the church in, in, in Galatia. He said, oh, Galatians, who have bewitched you that you, should, that you should not believe the gospel that was preached to you, you before whom Christ was Evidently set forth as crucified, who has cast a spell on you. That means spells can be cursed to cause confusion, to leave the ways of God. For in the end times, first chapter four, it says, it says, it says, it says, men shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Now, men are not unbelievers; these are men in the church giving to seducing. Now, these are spirits that seduce from God. So we must be careful not to allow demon spirit seduce us away from the command of God. Make God's word looks as though it's not what God intends for it to say. For God's word is simple and it's on. Understandable. You see, a doctrine of devil is a doctrine that negates what Christ has taught. It might look beautiful, but if it negates what Christ practiced, then it's not God. In fact, you see, when, when we see the account of what, what, what Christ laid, you know, you know, we see it explicitly from scriptures, and this is what we ought to pattern ourselves. You see, you see, you see, too, in Acts 1 from verse 5, in Mark 16 from verse 15, we see Jesus giving the church a marching order, a, a command. This is how you go. I have laid a pattern. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. And I've laid the foundation. But guess what? I'm going to go away. But my going away will bring to bear a new frontier. I will send a comforter. I won't leave you comfortless. I won't leave you helpless. I won't leave you powerless. I will leave with a standby. You have an advocate. You have an helper. You have a standby. You have an intercessor that will stand with you to say everything that I'm able to do, you will do also so that no one on the earth will be under the oppression of the power of the enemy. That's what the church is meant to do by the power of the spirit as Jesus manifested and taught us. But what are we doing today? And when I came to you, Paul said, he says, he says I, I came to you not with the excellency of speech. So you see, you see, God's kingdom is respected with eloquence, with excellence. But you see, there's nothing wrong with eloquence and excellence. But eloquence and excellence, void of power, is helpless, can't do anything. But power also without the word too is dangerous. So there must be a balancing and the whole counsel of God must be brought to bear. Jesus showed for the kingdom by power. 
If indeed by power, then we cannot but also establish God's message and God's kingdom by the power of the Spirit. So when Paul was ready to return in Ephesus, you see, he was, he was, he was the somehow, somehow. You see, you see, when Paul came, Paul laid a foundation, but when he left, you see, Satan began to distract them with things so that they don't focus on the main assignment of God. No wonder in Ephesians 1, I'm going to give us tonight a, a brief synopsis of Ephesians to see where Paul is going to. You see, this is Satan distracting the church from the main objective. And that's why the Jews claim they are Jews. Gentiles said they are Gentiles. But Paul says, no, no, these things don't matter. In Christ Jesus, Jesus is five. He says, neither circumcision nor circumcision avails anything but faith that works by law. So that there must be no, 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 you know, no distraction, but, but you must focus on the assignment. And if Satan wants to hide, it takes us off the assignment of God. Bible says we must not be ignorant of the devices of Satan. So for us in the church at Obam, we will stick to the mandate. We will stick to the word of God. We will stick to the, to, to the patterns of Jesus. We will stick to his ministry. We will stick to the command he has given us. For in following him, we cannot miss it. If we follow Jesus, folks, we can't miss it. For he has become to us a perfect example. So when Paul saw and, and had the report of the Ephesian church, the report of the, of the, of the, of the Galatian church, and the report of the, of the church in Philippi, the church in Colossae, the church in Laodicea, the church in Pagamos, in Thyatira, in, in Sardis, in Philadelphia, and, 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 and in Pagamos, and in, in all the churches in Corinth, wherever, you see, he, he, he was burdened because he knows that if Satan is allowed, it will cause so much destruction in the church. In fact, in the church in Galatians, he told them in Galatians 5, he says, Be careful that, 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 that you, 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 you remain focused in God because if you don't work in love, if you don't work in obedience, if you work in destruction, you will devour yourself. Rather than producing life, you produce death. For the purpose of the church is to produce life in the world and show the kingdom. For you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are the city set on the hill. It's by you that grace will be preached. It's by you that light must be seen. By you, salt must come. By you, men must share the gospel. By you, men must be delivered and set free from the bondage of sin. For by the church, there must not be anywhere that Satan can hide. So Paul began to write the church episodes. This is what is in his heart. For writing the scripture, that's the reason he ended Ephesians with, with, with the word, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the word of enemy. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against the rock of this age, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Now, Paul ended with this because this is the crux of the matter where he was going to. So we see Paul began to reorientate them. Ephesians 1, it talks about the believer's place and the believer's position in Christ. It means when you know your place and your position, yeah, that, 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 that's the beginning of, of, of the process in Christ. You are no more your old self. We are now new. Praise God. If any man be in Christ, it's a new creation. Our position has changed from death. It has been changed to life. Colossians 1, 12, 13. Giving thanks to the Father always who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Who has moved us out of the region, the domain, the, 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 the kingdom, the influence of Satan and has moved us to the kingdom of his dear son. Now we are in the kingdom of his life. In whom he says we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So we must know that we have been moved from one region to the other, and the reason we are moved is that we might bring to bear the influence of the new kingdom on the old. 
So those who are still in the old kingdom of Satan can see the light. Hallelujah. I can see the light. Ephesians 2 talks about the grace of God in redemption. Paul was telling them, hey, focus on, on the grace, focus on the preaching, focus on the message, focus on, on the liberty we have in Christ, Father Gospel. For by grace he has saved through faith. And that's how any other person too can be saved. We can only be saved by the gospel. First Corinthians 1 verse 5. It says, and, 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 and the gospel we preach to you did not come to you in word only, but it came with the Holy Spirit with much power and much conviction. You see that? That means our ministry must be, must be full of conviction, must be full of the Holy Spirit, and full of power. And wherever the Holy Ghost is manifesting, Satan cannot stand there. Ephesians 3 and 4, Paul said them, he goes to them, God's mystery from the beginning to reconcile both the Gentiles and, and, and the Jews together and make them one for what purpose? That, that the two might come together and fight against the onslaught of Satan. It says, it says, it says, one cord can be broken, but a free four cord is not easily broken. That when I bring to, to, to the, the Jews together with the Gentiles, when they come to form the church, by them I will show myself strong to the powers that be. So Paul is saying that if the Jews go alone, they can't get the work done. If Jesus go alone, they can't get the work done. But by the church, by the divine mystery of God, the church comes together and, and come under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They can do great things together as one body in Christ. But guess what they were doing? They were busy looking for fault lines. Satan was throwing darts at them. He was distracting them. Causing chaos, causing so much, so much carnality. And this was 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 pervasive in all the churches. But I'm praying this evening for us in the other who will resist every distraction, who will resist every every spirit of the flesh, who will resist every work of the flesh, who will resist every demonic influence to cause us to, to sway away from our assignment that the works of Satan will be exposed. First John 3 from verse 8 and 9. It says, it says, it says, it says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy. That's why Jesus Christ came, and that's why he left us here. That we might continue where he stopped until he comes back again in triumph and he got up on the white horse bringing vengeance on the antichrist and the dragon and the false prophet and all those that will back them up at the final times of his coming the button is in our hands how are we running by the time we hand over to the lord jesus at the final time where we'll be in the in, 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 in the curve of the victory race, where we'll be in the curve of the victory lap, where we will be, and at what point shall we hand over the baton to him? For right now he has done his part, and through the ages the race has been run. What are we doing? Are we are we are we walking in victory? Are we taking territories? Are we putting the gospel? Are we studying the power of the spirit? Are we opposing every agent of Satan? Are we laying hands? Are we speaking in tongues? Are we, are we doing the things we ought to be doing before he comes back again? But the church in Ephesus were so distracted. And that's the reason that message is very important. Ephesians 5 and 6, Paul wrote to them about separating themselves from the flesh and to further the call of obedience and walking in love. And finally, he told them to be aware of spiritual warfare. Be aware of it. But your being aware of it is for you to do something that Christ has begun and completed. Hallelujah. The, 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 the awareness of this warfare is not to scare us 
but to tell us what our assignment truly is. Glory to God tonight. And so Paul encouraged them about salvation, about unity, and about service. In the first part, it's about salvation. Ephesians 1, 3 to 4. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. About salvation. For by grace you've been saved. For blessed be God, or the Father who has blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. So the first thing Paul said is to remind us that we have been saved. Second thing, he called us to unity. Ephesians 2, 11, he says, he says, he says some call themselves circumcision. Some says they are circumcision. But in Christ Jesus, these are based to nothing. For Christ is our peace and is the one that has broken down that middle wall of partition and has made twin one in the body of his flesh. And by the Holy Ghost, we are now one. It means we must, we must refrain from distraction. We must refrain from, from doctrines of Satan. We must refrain from anything that will take us away from the assignment of putting the gospel, living the life, and freeing those who are oppressed of Satan. Hallelujah tonight. And he called us to service. So there's salvation, there's unity. Ephesians chapter 2, 3, from verse 14 to 21. Ephesians 4, from verse 1 to 6. So that we can understand these things now. I'm giving this overview. So, so as we go deeper again into Ephesians, we'll see the reason Paul is saying these things to these churches. And my focus on the assignment of God. Ephesians 4, verse 1, Paul called them to unity. There's one body. There's one Father. There's one Lord. One baptism. So no distraction. There's one assignment. And, and as, we, as we focus on that assignment, then we are fulfilling the will of God. Seek first God's kingdom and its righteousness. All the things on the earth that would require for life and godliness, the Lord will cause them to come. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come and your Bible to Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. Tonight I'm trying to enter into the heart of the Apostle Paul to see why he's writing the way he's writing. Ephesians 3. Glory to God tonight. I'm going to take my time tonight to read these scriptures a little from, from the Amplified um, Bible version Ephesians 3 we will take it from verse from verse 8 but let me read from the Amplified Ephesians 3 8 tonight very quickly let's go on to me though I am the very least of all the saints God's people this grace which is undeserved was graciously given to proclaim to the Gentiles the good news of the incomprehensible riches of Christ, that, that spiritual wealth which no one can fully understand. Praise God. So Paul is saying here, God has given him to preach the unsearchable, incomprehensible riches of Christ. Hallelujah. That means, that means what we are coming to. Is, is an incomprehensible riches, not of man, but of Christ. Therefore, we stand in the place of authority. We stand in the place of power. We stand in the place of grace to declare the word of the Lord. And if the church can declare it, folks, no one else will do. Hallelujah. For in this realm of this earth, there's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God and it's the church that is that has the responsibility to stand in defense of the word of God and bring everything to subjection to the will and the power of God and authority of the name of Jesus and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
But this gospel message, Paul said, is given to preach the unsearchable. Hallelujah. I love that. That is what we have come to. We we can't even scratch the surface. We can't understand the depth, the end of it. But the little we can comprehend is enough for us to go through this life in victory and in power. Therefore, what we are coming to is not child's play. It is the expression of the very power of Yahweh. Ephesians 2 and verse 10, Ephesians 3 verse 10, very important scriptures. Let me show you what this, this unsearchable, indivisible mystery of Christ has accomplished. Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, For we are his masterpiece. We are his creation, made in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he has ordained for us to work. The good works that he has, he has ordained before the world, that we should work in them. Praise God. You know what means? That means that means in Christ Jesus, this mystery, this unsearchable riches encompasses in us that which God has demanded, which God has put in us to execute vengeance, to execute his counsel upon the earth, to go forth like Christ did in Luke 4. Christ was put in Isaiah 61. He said, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Hallelujah. I love that. Not for him alone. He said, As the Father has sent me, so sent I. It means we also have this mandate of good works. I feel the Holy like Christ has, we mustn't sit down. We've been commissioned. We've been we've, we've been set in motion. We've been empowered by the Lord, by our new spirit, by the by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that we go forth and proclaim His goodness. But until now, sometimes we still feel as victims. When those that should bring deliverance feel feel victims, then those who are in bondage will remain there for a long time. So it's a deception of Satan to make those who, who should bring deliverance to feel as though they are victims. Paul says, we've been poor, yet making many rich. Paul says, we've been cousin, yet bringing up many to deliverance. So your state doesn't determine the calling of God. Your physical state is not a determining factor of what you are trying to carry out in the spirit. And guess what? The more you stand in your place in the spirit, the more your physical situation and condition changes and your aligns to what you should be in the spirit. So as a church, we must rise up. Ephesians 3 and verse 10. Let me read from here tonight. Ephesians 3 says, so now through the church, through the church, you see that Paul is saying, there's something higher. Stop looking at all of this. Stop being distressed. Stop being being discouraged by what men around you are doing. For I didn't call you to follow men. I called you to follow me. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So now through the church, the multifaceted wisdom of God in all his countless aspects countless aspects might now be made known, revealing the mystery to the angelic rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Wow. This is this, this why the church is come, that through the church, God might through the church reveal his multi faceted wisdom and power and, and, and he will confound the authorities. He will confound the principalities. He will confound the demons through man to show them that he's higher, he's greater, he's stronger in eternity, he's eternal, he's almighty, but he's not, he will not, he will not give a freedom. He will through his own human creation defeat the angelic beast. That's the power of God. That's, the, that's what brings glory to God. And, and folks who was arise at this time and start in that place as a church. Verse 9. And to make plain to everyone the plan of the mystery regarding the uniting of believers, both Jews and Gentiles, into one body, which until now was kept hidden through the ages in the mind of God, who created all things. So now, through the church, through the church, through the church, through the church, hallelujah. You see, you see, this word cannot change. And if the church is not responding, there's nothing God can do. The reason the church is, is birthed, the reason there's a bringing together of the Jews and Gentiles, Paul is in the church episodes, is there's, there's a higher cause. There's a higher cause. There's a higher reason. 
in the hands of God. Let me go down here tonight, folks. You know the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, 18. When David, David's father, you know, sent David, the young lad, to go and see his brother in the war front. For there's always war at every point in time. You see, the first testament is how God dealt with Israel as a pattern to what is happening in our world today. They were fighting spiritual, they were fighting physical wars all through their lives, checked from beginning. Hallelujah. Abraham fought wars. In fact, Abraham had to train 300 servants, soldiers from his house to fight. Because in, in that war, it is the survival of the strongest. You see, it doesn't change. In this war we lived also, it's a spiritual war we are fighting now, and it's the strongest that survives. But in Christ Jesus, we have the advantage. But, 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 but a king who is in honor does not know it. It's like a beast that perishes. When we are in authority and we don't know it, then to us it's of no value. But child of God, these are days when we shall rise upon the authority we have in the name of Jesus and declare God's word and see men saved and see men delivered. Hallelujah. And see men free from the oppression of Satan and demon spirits. These are the days. For we are in honor and we shall know it. In the first testament, their battles were physical. Demon spirits brought the battle to the physical. Abraham had to fight. One day, Abraham, Abraham had the news that Lord, his nephew, had been captured. If you are you, what would you have done? You heard the news. That someone in the family is under demonic oppression by Satan. What will you do? But Abraham, as a pattern for us to come, we being his children, raise a 300 man army by the power of the Lord so that when the enemy comes, he can fight. These are the days where we raise in ourselves spiritual armor that we may stand against the enemy when it comes to fight. Hallelujah. Chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant for the devil's adversary. Your adversary, not just you alone, of the whole world, is going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he might devour. See, that is his ministry. He will never stop until he's resisted. Abraham fought and rescued Lot. Joshua fought. Moses fought. Deborah fought. Jephthah fought. Gideon fought, David fought, Solomon fought. Every one of them fought physical battles as a pattern for the church to know that in our day, though their battles were physical, but ours now is not physical. It says, it says be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. Put on the whole armor of God that you are able to stand against the wild of the enemy. For we wrestle now not against flesh and blood, but they did. But, the, but the, 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 the kind of war now has changed to spiritual. And guess what? We can't fight a spiritual battle or a spiritual contention with human strategies and approaches. So Paul told them, don't let divisions take you off. For these are the wives of Satan. The church is you know, empowered by God. And the church should be unapologetic. The church should not be scared. We should not explain it. We should not talk it down. We should not put on the carpet. We should, we should stand under, under everything that God has given us the mandate to stand in. Let me give Jesus laid for us an example. Let's brace up. Let's stand in our place. Hallelujah. So now through the church, the multi-faceted wisdom of God in all his countless aspects. You see that? That means it's not in one aspect. One of all said, for I have not shown to declare to you all 
the counsel of God. So there's God's counsel in preaching the gospel, in opening the prison door, in declaring freedom, declaring the year of God accepted, declaring salvation, declaring eschatology, declaring Christ salvation, declaring the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Spirit, his own fruit in every area. We must come to learn everything and present the total gospel of Christ. For everywhere Christ went to preach, he preached, he taught, he healed, and cast out devils. Verse 11, do that. For this is in accordance with the terms of the eternal purpose. That means this, this verse 10 of the church is in, in accordance with God's eternal purpose. That is from the very beginning, this is how God had ordained that Satan would be judged on earth for Christ's own part. This is how God has ordained that Satan's influence on the earth will be limited by the church. His, his, his activities will be checkmated by the church. He, 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 will be, he, will be, he will be, he will be, he will be confined to his region by the church. But not just the church, the church in the authority of Jesus. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Do not, do not. I'll, I'll start closing tonight. I'll, and if I say church here, I'm not talking about the church general. Yes, but the church as individuals. Ephesians 1. You know what, what I hear the church? The church comprised of two entities. The individual church and the collective church. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 27, it says, For ye are the body of Christ and members of the body in particular. So if God says this is the, the purpose from the beginning, hallelujah. You see, Paul is telling them that this appeal the Holy Ghost tonight. This is the purpose. So, so God, you see, whatever God has ordained, nothing can change it. God has ordained that through the church, his power shall be manifest. For what purpose? To show forth his authority, his sovereignty, his Godhead to Satan, that he will not lift his hands. Listen, when Satan rebelled in heaven, God didn't waste a finger. And he cast him out by angel Michael to the earth. But on the earth, angels can come. He has given the authority to man. So in heaven is angels. On earth is man. So showing that both in heaven and on earth, he is subdued by the authority of the word of God. So the church will arise. If angels did not fail, then the church too can fail. If Michael didn't fail, then we too can fail. For Michael didn't go instead. Michael went in the name of the Lord. Bible says in June, it says, it says, it says when Michael came to, to accuse that he didn't come with him, he says, the Lord, before even the Lord rebuked his Satan. So if angels can rebuke it, my feet, the Holy Ghost, in the name of the Lord, and was cast down with, with one third of his angels, if we also rebuke him at the name of Jesus, he also yield. But guess what? He wants to throw in tantrums so that we don't get to know that. That he's been rebuked. He's now given to the power of the church. Let me read this tonight as I begin to close. So I start knowing that this thing is more than what you think. This, this Christian work is more than just enjoying service and just, and just feeling cool in service. No, we are called to serve. We are called to, to, to get in the trenches like, like, like in the first testament. They were men of war, men of battle, not in themselves. We also are called in the, in, in, in the Second Testament to stand in the gap and take authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Are you certain, my church? Ephesians 1, I read from verse 21. In fact, from verse 20. Which he produced in Christ when he raised it. Okay, let's start from verse 19. And so that you will begin to know what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us, is in us who believe these are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength. Amen. You, 
you, you have never seen here anything referring to my strength or your strength. I read again. That means everything we are doing now is in accordance with the strength of God. That means right as we speak, the strength of God is in us. And Satan is scared to the feet. He's scared to the bone. For us to know that we carry the strength. We carry the power of God. That authority is in our mouth. In Luke 10, 19, it says, I see Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And behold, I give unto you power and authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all not some the power of the Holy Ghost the power of the evil one and nothing shall by any means hurt us it's on record today that um, uh, there's no record of, 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 of Michael being hurt by Satan in any area Michael's faculties are, are still intact he's still actively running errand for the Lord and therefore, everyone that stands also in the name of the Lord that might get stood in the spirit now in this realm, nothing by any means shall hurt us. We see here, God is saying, All these powers are mine, and I'm giving them to you. And so that you will begin to know, you will begin to know. Hallelujah, tonight. So, tonight, say, I, I am a child of God and I have the authority of God to proclaim by the name of Jesus and the anointing of the Holy Spirit the gospel message and the freedom power of God to cause men who are in captivity to be delivered, to cause men who are in prison to be free, to cause those who are in dungeon to be released by the gospel, that their lives may be changed, that they may fulfill the will of God upon the earth, that the Father might be glorified in the Son, and the Son glorified in the Father. Hallelujah. Tonight, I take authority in the name of Jesus over every spirit of fear and bondage. In the heart of the people of God, I command the gift of God to be shared in our hearts and to proclaim and pronounce God's word with authority. They shall come to pass. Close this evening. Verse 19 again. And so that you will begin to know what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, whether angelic that is named above every title and, and, and the world, but also in one to come. And he put all things in every realm in subjection under Christ's feet and appointed him as supreme and wow, as supreme and authoritative head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills and completes all things in all believers. If the church is lulled to sleep, the world is exposed to danger. Therefore, the church must arise. And Paul says in Ephesians 5, turn there will be tonight as I close. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Hallelujah. I read from verse 13. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light of God's precepts. For it is light that makes everything visible. For this he says, awake sleeper and raise and arise from the dead. And Christ will shine as dawn upon you and give you light. Therefore see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable, and, and enable evil. Not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of your time on earth, organizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. 
Why is Paul writing these things in Ephesus? Telling them, don't allow Satan distract you with frivolities. Don't remain in the confines of your church entertaining yourselves. But rise up to shining for the light of the world. In the world. Let it be said of you, these ones that turned the world upside down have come to us. For they haven't the same spirit of faith. They believe they spoke. We also have the same spirit of faith. We believe I will speak 2 Corinthians 2.14. It's time to speak God's word. It's time to kill behind Jesus. But now, not to kill behind him. For he has sent us forth. Is not to walk before him and bring his counsel to pass. Lay aside every weight, every distraction, and move on to fulfilling your ministry and the ministry of the church. For he has called us to reconcile men and break yokes and break prisons and cause light to shine in dark regions, not by our power. Not by our might, but by spirit. We are just vessels, vessels that you yield. For God has ordained that through us, His manifold power and wisdom will be shown in Christ Jesus to the world. So the praise and glory is not ours, it's His. But the assignment is ours, not His. The work is ours, not His. Will you rise up? And stir up your spirit. And you will obey the word. For the battle is not yours. It's not mine. It's not ours. But the Lord's. We win this battle sitting down. For Christ himself has sat down. He's won by spoken word. He's won by simple faith. He's won by obedience. Can we trust God enough? That you keep his word. His name is faithful. He will do exactly as he has said. Yea, much more. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all the things we can ask for according to the power that works in us. Let's go forth and break those prison doors and free all those who Satan has put in captivity through his demons, through ignorance, through deception. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly more than all that we can dare ask or think, infinitely beyond and greatest prayers, hopes, and dreams according to his power. Let's pray. Father, we know your power is at work in us. But we are afraid to release the power. So now we come against every spirit of limitation and fear that makes us afraid to release your power. This moment, we command such spirits to break their holes. For we have boldness. We refuse intimidation. We refuse fear. We refuse every suggestion of evil spirits to stop us from doing the will of God. Tonight we make progress. We go forth. We are obedient. We put the word. We speak the gospel. We preach the word in boldness. And we see the results of God. Every cloud of heaviness, every cloud of ignorance, every cloud of fear, every cloud that hides men from the realities of God, we declare what clouds to be lifted. Now, in the name of Jesus, over every believer, hear my voice tonight. I cause a release in the spirit. I cause freedom in the spirit. I cause understanding to come to your heart. But God is working, exceeding, abundantly, above. Therefore, you can declare that prayer of freedom. You can declare that prayer 
of release. You can declare the word of God over his soul. And it shall come to pass. Not by your power. Not by your might. But by the spirit. And declare tonight as a church, we enter the, the realms of God. We enter the realms of our fulfillment. We enter into our ministry. We enter into the service of God. We're enlisted. For we are called upon for such a time as this. For we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God. Unto salvation. To all that believe. To the Jew first. To the Gentiles. And to all in the church at Auburn. By God. Who run through every truth. By God. Who give over every word. Who experience the supernatural power. And the ministry of angels. To send out demon spirits. And to heal. Diseases that are incurable. And to bring men to liberty. And to see the glorious gospel. Of our God and Savior. Jesus Christ. And this we trust the Lord to help us do. Much more in this season. And going forward. In Jesus name. Thank you God. For strength tonight. I speak strength into your heart. I speak faith in your spirit. I declare that, 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 that God's assignment for you. Shall begin to be unveiled in your heart. You begin to see in the spirit. You're going to hear the word of God. As you read God's word, you understand. Boldness comes to you. You are hungry and you are thirsty for righteousness. You pursue the things of God. You break away from carnality. And you enter the realms of spirituality. Wherein you can hear the Father. For if we live in the spirit, we also walk by the spirit. And the victory is ours. Because the victory is Christ. And the victory is God. This is our desire tonight. For this, Lord, and many more we ask. We thank you and we receive the answers tonight. By faith, for prayer with thanksgiving. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And God said, amen. amen. Thank you, guys, folks, for listening. Hope you've been blessed. Um, we took a little more time this evening. Um, I just want to thank you for spending that time. And I'll see you again. By the grace of God. Next week, Tuesday, let's stay strong and get ready for the work of God. God bless you tonight and good night. Amen.